Welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find our latest sermon. Good morning, saints. I wonder, do you ever pause to think what it means to be a Christian? Since the dawn of the Christian faith, many have tried to answer that question, and I'm certain it has, I'm certain it has engendered many a hotly contested debate. I'm also sure that you all probably have your own view of what the answer should be. There are many aspects to being a Christian, often described in terms which make no sense at all to those outside the faith. Someone who is born again. Even in the Bible text itself, we hear about someone, good old Nicodemus, who was confused by that. Accepting Jesus into our heart, becoming a disciple of Jesus, etc, etc. We have accumulated over the millennia a huge amount of Christian jargon, which sometimes it is good to cut through to get to the heart of the faith. If this is a topic which you would like to get more into, in depth, I can recommend a book by Marcus J. Borg entitled Speaking Christian, Recovering the Lost Meaning of Christian Words. But today I'm going to turn to a better known author to help us answer this key question, C.S. Lewis. In the following quote from his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis gives us what I believe is a basis for a good answer to our question. He's, he writes, now we begin to see what it is that the New Testament is always talking about. It talks about Christians being born again. It talks about them putting on Christ, about Christ being formed in us, about our coming to have the mind of Christ. Put out of your head the idea that these are only fancy ways of saying that Christians are to read what Christ said and try to carry it out. It is not a question of a good man who died 2000 years ago. It is a real person, Christ, here and now, really coming and interfering with yourself. Killing the old natural self in you and replacing it with some kind of self Christ has. If all goes well, Christ will turn you permanently into a different sort of thing. A new little Christ, a being which in its own small way has the same kind of life as God, which shares in God's power, joy, knowledge and eternity. Lewis's point is this. Being a Christian isn't simply knowing stuff about Jesus, nor even simply believing stuff about Jesus, nor is it just following Jesus' moral teachings as some kind of super guru. Being a Christian entails being transformed by Christ, as Lewis rather quirkily puts it, becoming a little Christ. And in our reading from Philippians, Paul gives his own answer to the question. And judging by what he writes at the start of his letter, the Philippians are faithful in their dedication to the gospel. Paul commends their faith, their good works and their sharing in the grace of God. So it sounds like, unlike some of the churches Paul corresponded with, things are going pretty well in Philippi and perhaps, just perhaps, Paul had a bit of a soft spot for them. But Paul isn't writing only to congratulate the Philippians. He takes the opportunity, as he always does, to remind them what it takes to be a Christian. He entreats them to 
make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So this is Paul's view on what Christian community should look like. Christians should be united in love and in mind. Christians should act out of humility and concern for others, not from selfishness or ambition. Perhaps of all of these, Christian unity, ultimately being of one mind, should be the most treasured and sought after. One of my favourite psalms, Psalm 133, makes it clear how much God values unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life for evermore. So from unity, blessings flow. But note, Paul doesn't just say, get along, be nice and agree with everyone on everything. He says, be of one mind. But wait a minute, our experience, even as Christians, shows that being of one mind is surely impossible at human level. We're not capable of attaining that kind of unity by our own efforts. But Paul isn't asking the Philippians or us to be of one mind with one another. Look carefully at the words in verse 5, where he writes, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And surely this links us back to C.S. Lewis's suggestion that being a Christian means becoming a little Christ. And notice the word becoming here. It is an ongoing process. And that process is not something we can achieve ourselves. We can't make ourselves little Christs. And Paul goes on to clarify, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So Christian friends, be encouraged. God is at work in us. God is at work in each of you and in this congregation. God is doing in us what we cannot do on our own. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that God is giving you the same mind that was in Christ Jesus and through that transformation also changing the way you live. We are ultimately to be transformed in both the way we think and the way we live. Now hopefully we would all agree that we're not the finished article yet but if we allow God to continue his transforming work we are on the journey to have the mind of Christ in common. It is precisely Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who humbled himself from the heights of heaven all the way to the humiliation of the cross, who is the role model God is using to shape us. We read, Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So we are able, like the Philippians, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. 
But note in saying this, Paul's focus in this passage really has nothing to do with the process of salvation, that is to say how one is saved, nor is he suggesting that we are saved by our works, what we do, as some people want to read into this verse. Instead, I suggest Paul is concerned here with how we as saved, i.e. believing people, live out our salvation here and now in the world. In verse 13 we read, For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Paul invites his hearers to reflect on Jesus Christ and to arrange or orient our lives around him. We are called to live like little Christs, to act in humility and love, to care for others. In our own strength, impossible, but possible for God through the work of the Holy Spirit, leading us further into unity in the mind of Christ. May it be so. Amen.